the local church podcast, a podcast devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. We'll be your hosts. I'm Pastor Ryan. And I'm Noah Gartland. What's wrong with you people? Welcome back. Hey. Hey, uh, it's it's Noah and I, but we also have... Is that your typical, just that's how you do your intro? That's it. I think I'm like slowly giving up on the intro, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely phoned that one in. It was just kind of a... <laughs> Super sad. Well, he starts the podcast so abruptly, like we don't even get to warm up. He just... Welcome back to a local church podcast. Hey. Hey, there we the last... No, what would your warm up entail? <laughs> I have no idea. How do you warm up a conversation? Um, I don't know. Hi, how are you today? Hey, back off, man. You just jumped right into it. Like, oh. warm up to the conversation. That's what you just sounded like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, it's Noah and I again, but we also have a three-time guest. Yes, fairly irregular now. Uh, Ryan Allen yeah. is a uh, worship leader, deacon, uh, life group leader, extraordinaire yes. uh, here at Mount Moriah Baptist Church. But... Last couple of podcasts we've been talking about elders and deacons, and it's it's poignant that you're here today uh, because we're going to kind of I guess we're going to wrap up the deacon kind of section, uh, but we got two passages we're going to look at, and we're going to jump into some conversation. Uh, we just for a recap, we mentioned uh, the book by Nine Marks Deacons. It's by Matt Smithhurst. Um, he says that deacons are shock absorbers. And they protect the mission of the word and prayer. I would add they protect the mission of the church, but word and prayer specifically. And they uh, protect the unity of the church. So that's kind of the three things that he kind of looks at uh, in the book. Let's jump into Acts chapter 6. That's where we kind of start the, the, the I guess, the forefathers of deacons. And then uh, we're going to read Romans chapter 16, 1 and 2. So I'm going to let Ryan read Acts okay. chapter 6. Noah, you're going to jump in with Romans 16. I know, I, I know you, in, in previous podcast you you've read first timothy of course where most yep. of the the matt book the matt cheddar smithhurst that guy but most of his stuff comes from uh, a lot of it comes from that uh first timothy chapter three uh, but as you said i'm going to read acts chapter six verses one through seven here it says now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number a complaint by the hellenists arose against the hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Nice. Thanks. That's Acts chapter 6. That's 1 through 7. And now Romans 16, 1 and 2. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church 
at Centrea, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Nice. All right. So we've got two passages here. Both look at servant or service to the church. We see in Acts chapter six, let's jump into this one first. As we look at the, I guess the forerunners to deacons, there's a whole lot going on here. There seems to be two different languages going on uh, between uh, the Hellenistic Jews uh, and the, um, the, the Jews from Jerusalem. Uh, the Greek-speaking Jews and there's Hellenistic Jews, two different languages. But no, there was Hellenistic is the Greek. Oh, sorry, Jews. yeah, Hellenistic yeah. is the Greek. Two different things going on here, and they seem to be like, well, there's some neglect going on. It could have been a language barrier. It could have been just like overlooking another group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I got other things to do. I yeah, just, yeah. just slipped my mind, maybe. And so you see the apostles. Uh, there's a, there's one statement in here um, that often comes the the forefront. It's not right that we should give up preaching of the word to serve tables, yeah, right? That, so people focus on that. Everybody hits that one verse, it's crazy. and it's like, so what's are the apostles too good to serve right, the, the right. you know food? Um, what do you guys? What say you on this verse? Because that's where everybody goes, and then we'll jump into the rest of it. What say you? Is that like, is it almost like a sarcastic thing? Or not is at it, all? Yeah. I think not at all. I I mean, I think you can even go to Christ as an example. He said a lot of times there were you know. My my business is way more important than this, and I don't think that they were saying that we're above it or it's beneath us to do this by any stretch. Any Christian understands the idea of servanthood and giving, and I think the, the apostles certainly did. But I think that they were well aware that their message, their ministry, was literally more important than having to stop that ministry to do this thing and when others can do that thing as well. Yeah. Oh, so you're, so you're saying like, as they're doing this one ministry over here, there needs to be some help uh, coming alongside of a a second ministry, like a continuation of both, not just like, Hey, let's cut the brakes on this one. You know, we've, you've talked, we've talked on this podcast before about the, you know, one of the distinctions between an elder slash pastor and a deacon and the major differentiation there is the ability to teach. Yeah. And so if these apostles, you know, understood this is this is my innate gift is to be able to preach the word and teach and do the things that I need to do, I don't need to stop that in order to continue in order to do something else. Gotcha. I is you know, that's my take on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we got Noah. Yeah, I guess just kind of translating this into like a modern day uh local church context. How about that? But I'm like that? Thank you very much. Um, thank you for not playing a sound effect as well. That really it's coming. Oh gosh. Um, but say there's like one pastor who's uh leading a church of I don't know, like two hundred members. Um, if he's the only one who is calling people, checking up on people, uh serving food to people, decorating, I don't know. All, yeah. Everything that anyone could possibly do in a church. Um the ministry of the word that is preaching um and praying for the church kind of is going to take a back seat just because there's a lot to do. Um, So um, there's this need in the local church to call up uh, men and women who um, are able and gifted in serving others. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's turn it a little bit. So they, they have seven, right? Yep. Um, And what do they do with the seven? They bring seven before who's bringing the people before the apostles. Like, do we, do we catch that? It didn't catch it. I was stuck on their names, honestly. Yeah, um, I mean, I so, so the apo- verse three, the apostle says, 
brothers pick out from among you, right? Sure. So who's doing the picking of the servants? Is oh, it the, the apostles? Pe- no, good call. Yes, yeah, the people. It's the it's the congregation, elected, right? Yeah. It's the church itself. <laughs> um, we'd say this is like congregationalism, but they're looking among themselves to see who is already serving, to see who's gifted in this, and they're the ones choosing, right? So mm-hmm. when you see and pastors, then they, once they've chosen them, then they go back and set them before the apostles. Yeah, and right. there's prayer, all kinds of things. I think this is key. I think it has to be key because pastors, it's, let's do this. It's a fine line, I think, between a pastor uh, having friends, right, and pastors caring for the entire flock. Um, if a pastor only picks a certain few to keep doing certain things, what happens? Burnout. Yeah. Uh, or the congregation is like, hey, why do they keep, why does the pastor keep picking that dude? Is that mm-hmm. like, are they good, goody? Now they are they? But I think it's poignant that the apostles say, pick from among you. Like, mm-hmm. you guys pick it and not the apostles. Is that point? Is that important? Is that not important? What do you think? I think it's important. I think it, um, I, I, I've been on, on this, I've said on in, on this podcast, uh, you know, one of the, the things, the motivations for me to do what I do um, is that accountability to my brother, right? So I know that the, the congregation chose me and oh yeah you know kind of a and and so not as a representative kind of i said democratically elected earlier jokingly but and i don't mean it that way but i do feel an obligation because i was chosen by our our flock by our you know by my brother uh to serve in this way and i feel an accountability because of it Ooh, that's key Ooh, do you think so yeah let's let's go down that road Are, are deacons more apt to Give it all they got when it's brothers and sisters in Christ bringing their name before the elders and say, I believe this man or this you know individual can be a deacon. Like, is there more oomph behind that? Maybe. Than just uh, like, you no, know, I don't want to. Well, then just like saying like, this guy's popular. He's got a really good job. He's, you know, whatever. Right. He fits the bill. Let's pick this guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that my only motive my, my well sure yeah, you yeah. Know, my motivation is to serve god yeah um but there is an accountability piece okay. that comes with knowing that you know i was chosen by the church to 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 serve in this way I like so that. i i would say my motivation like my you know my my drive the reason i do it is to serve god in his church um but the accountability is yeah. comes that's from good me. i like that that's you got anything good. to add to that one on then we'll jump into the last verse here yeah i guess if it's just um, I mean, in the case of Acts 6, the apostles, or in the case of the modern-day uh, local church, like the pastors, right? If it's them alone kind of calling these deacons to serve the local church, then it might kind of, uh, I don't know, It members of the local church might be able to see it as like kind of a boys club. Favoritism. Exactly, yeah. right? Like the pastor is only calling the people he likes to be deacons, yeah. right? Um, but if it's the members of the local church, if it's the lay people, um, who are bringing their brother's name? Um, yeah, before I the think church. that sets the precedent, right? Yep, yep, yep. The congregation should be able to see folks in the congregation say these guys fit the First Timothy model, fit, yep. right? Uh, and then they're already doing some of these things; they're gifted in this way. But that doesn't negate the pastor's responsibility to raise up young men yeah. to lead. I think there's yeah, there's like, training there's aspects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, verse six. 
Uh, these they set before the apostles, so these seven men. Ryan, you did a really good job with these names, too, by the way. I did not, <laughs> but I appreciate you saying that. Uh, so they set them before the apostles, uh, and they the apostles prayed, prayed and laid and hands, laid right? Hands them, yeah. I think this is a model that a lot of churches use today, that yep. we go through some kind of vetting process, and there's a laying on of hands, there's a praying, mm -hmm. uh, ceremony, things like that. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Uh, and a great many priests became obedient to the faith. Now, there's a lot of things in this last verse. You kind of hit it at the, uh, before. We don't pause one ministry to focus on an issue that we have, right? We keep right. going, but we raise folks up to serve and, and do things as the ministry of the word keeps going. Um, or is needed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's uh, a response to it. Yeah. yeah. And then a number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Now, a lot of things in the book of Acts is prescriptive, like here's what's happening in the early church, and some things are descriptive, meaning this is what the church, New Testament church, should be doing. Now, I think this is both. Mm -hmm. It's it's prescriptive saying here's what the Holy Spirit is doing among the early church, but it's descriptive in the way that we pick and choose elder or deacons mm -hmm. um, in the local church. The, so, the model to follow. Yeah, so yeah. that discipleship can be multiplied right totally um, yeah. if we only stick with five deacons or four deacons whatever your church has and that's all you ever do and you're like these are the guys we got this is what we're, we're sticking with we're not going to raise up anybody else right you don't see that discipleship multiplying you just see it stagnate i think yeah. i agree yeah and, and you know and i don't necessarily want to go down this road but you, you know a, a point I, I said a second ago you know as the need arises yeah so, you know, here's a ministry that's happening and flourishing and doing well. And here's something that, you know, that w w we we used to do and we're not doing it as much anymore. You know, there's there, there are people, you know, who are suited, you know, are gifted in, in certain ways. So, you know, I may not be suited to to do this opportunity sure. over here. So someone else may need to be lifted up to do that kind of thing. Just because I have the title of deacon doesn't mean that, you know, there's OK, so we have to do all of these things. But as the need arises, others, you know, hey, wow, this ministry is growing. God's church is growing. We need to add. We need to do more. We yeah. need to find a way to support and nurture this. So, um, so you're saying it's, it's, you're saying it's a natural outcome or a natural flow. I would hope so. As things begin to happen in the local body, right? the word of God is continuing to be preached and taught, right? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. like the, the this story, as you said, you know, the description of this story, you know, when, when there were only a few widows. I'm sure everybody was like, oh, yeah, here, widow, you know, here's something to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as they got bigger and bigger and bigger, it became a, you know, a, not a burden, but it became a, a whole thing that they've got to, well, we need we need people to do this thing because yeah. we got to go over here. And as it grew, it just was a, a response to, you know, the need. Yeah. No, that's good. Noah, you got anything to add? No, I just. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Let's go on to Romans chapter 16 now. You might be thinking, like, why are we reading Romans chapter 16? Yeah. Uh, because in the ESV, it says servant. In some other translation, it says deaconess. Deaconess, right? So, Phoebe, uh, the word, the wording that's used here uh, is deaconess. There's a couple, there's a big debate, right? Uh, one is that she's either a deacon or that she's either what the Greek word means for servant. Uh, the Greek word for deacon is also what? Servant, right? So, there's, uh, I don't think there's a debate. I think she's a servant. Um, I think deacons of our church today are servants. Uh, now, they are servant leaders. Uh, Phoebe here probably or could have been the one that brought the epistle to the Romans. Like She took the letter from Paul 
and brought it to the Roman church. Um, and so uh, Paul here in chapter 16 names a lot of folks in this chapter. What say you about Phoebe and whether or not she is a deacon or a servant? Does it matter? Ooh. Yeah. First of all, I say that Phoebe's a really cool name. Um, <laughs> and if anyone out there is looking for like a good, solid biblical name for their baby girl, Phoebe is. Ooh, I don't know. It's out there. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a good name. I'm not saying. Kind of taking on, you know, that whole nuance with friends and stuff. But yeah. still, solid name, uh, nonetheless. Does it matter um, if she's a deacon or a servant? Does it know, matter? I think if we kind of get caught up on that one word, then uh, we're kind of losing sight of what Paul is saying overall, right? Especially in the context of Romans 16, where he's kind of like calling out, giving shout outs to yeah. his brothers and sisters and saying, Hey, this person's doing a really great job. This if it was if it was a rap album, sixteen would be Ooh. at the beginning. <laughs> be like, yo, 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 Phoebe. Shut you know, up, Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, but he does it at the end of the letter. I don't know why Serving I brought that up, up but church. he does it at the end. He shouts out Phoebe. Now again, going back to Deacon. Go ahead and finish your statement, oh, yeah. and then we'll go on. But I think if we get kind of caught up on that word Deacon, servant, whatever, right? Um, then we kind of lose sight of um, what Paul's saying in commending um, his sister Phoebe. I think. Uh, this is kind of one of those passages that we can look at First Timothy 3, those qualifications for godly elders and deacons, um, and kind of sift through that. Once again, depending on the local church context, yeah, uh, you could have different opinions on whether women should be deacons or not. Um, and, you know, it's still up there for debate. But, Phoebe, great servant. <laughs> Great girl loves the Lord. Thank you, Noah, for that continued commentary. What you got, Ryan? I would Does say, it matter? Does I don't it think matter? it matters. Okay, yeah. I don't think it matters. Um, uh, and uh, and if if the debate on whether or not there is no debate on whether or not a woman can be a servant, yeah, right. That's yeah, and that's that that's the heart of the Christian, right? And so if we're talking then about a title. Like, why are we having that? Why are we talking about a title? That's like the opposite of what a servant is, yeah. right? If you're if you're a servant, then you're not looking for acclaim or recognition yeah. or any of that. And and then if we're just talking about the idea of having the title of deacon, then why maybe we ought not to be having the conversation? Yeah, yeah. no, that's I think it's really good. Yeah, so I think that any of us, all of us, can and should be servants, diaconess, you know, it, it, however you say that in Greek. We should all be servants, and just because. You know, somebody has a title doesn't change anything in my eyes. I don't think it matters. Yeah. Now, Ryan doesn't have headphones on, but I just sheeshed you. No. <laughs> that was a sheesh moment. Like, that was a big moment. Like, I think that I, I don't, I've not heard that argument before. Like, I, 20 plus years of ministry, no one's ever brought, I, in, in the circles that I've ran in, sure. if the title is what you're after. Right. It's not important anyway. Like, a, it, yeah. you've already lost the, that's right. The, 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 the reasoning behind it. I think that's, that's that's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, um, the debate comes uh, Like drop. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the debate comes up uh, from the first Timothy three passage and verse eight deacons likewise must be dignified. But if you go on down to verse 11, their wives likewise. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where the debate comes up. So the deacons are got to be men because it talks about then their wives. But then you have Phoebe and the Greek word is diakonos. It's deacon. Right. It's servant. Same words, but different title, right? Um, I I think Ryan, I think that's a really good argument. I think it's a really good uh, point to make when it comes to deacons. Now, 
Mount Moriah Baptist Church here, we don't have women deacons. I don't think we've ever had women deacons here. I don't know if it's ever been brought up really, um, but there are a lot of ladies in our church that serve and do a lot of things for our church. If we didn't have ladies serving in our church, our church would probably not be here. Oh, um, I would say that. And we wouldn't eat as well as we do. <laughs> we Definitely. Yeah, that's that's a piece of it. But I think yeah. if, if we didn't have women stepping up and serving uh, in a lot of different ways here at our church, um, we would not be the church we are today. I would, you know, I'm 100% guarantee that. Amen. So do we want to go down the road? Uh, does it matter if a deacon is a woman or a man? Do you want my personal opinion? Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody has personal opinions. Yes. We've, we, we looked at scripture okay. um, and go ahead. Okay. Based on my understanding of scripture, I would say if a local church um, has that biblical distinction that we see in first Timothy between elder and deacon. Yeah. So um, offices, the two yeah, offices that if we see. They, if you can see that biblical distinction in the local church, and that there are good, godly men who are leading as elders. Yep. I don't see the issue with female deacons. Yeah. If there is, you know, so if there's several a pl- godly elders. Yeah. So there's a plurality. You're saying there's a plurality, plurality, of, yes. plurality of elders, multiple elders. That you don't have a problem with female deacons. That's just my. If there's two offices and they're separate, right? That kind of thing. Okay. That would be my interpretation. Okay, Ryan, you got anything to add to to the conversation? I, you know, when it, when we. I don't know. It may be countercultural, yeah. which is, I don't know where the script, where the Bible is okay. ever cultural, but um, when you read first Timothy and it gave the qualifications, yeah. it does indicate that, you know, it, it, it indicates to me that it's talking about men. Mm-hmm. And so I, I lean toward that. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's both. And I, I, there are lots of godly men, godly theologians, godly churches that look at these passages and walk through it, and each one could fall on a different line, right? Um, we have elders, we have deacons, and it doesn't matter what the deacons, if they're male or female, but the elders should be men. Um, we see the the, the biblical uh, passage there that that Paul writes uh, to Timothy. Does it? I think it's context, right? It has to be the church context. Uh, is the church and their understanding of the scriptures? Do they have elders and do they have deacons? If the church only has one pastor. And then deacons, I'm not sure that that you know they would fall in line with with what we're talking about here. Mm. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yep. Okay. Anything else on deacons? I think we kind of wrap that up. Um, deacons good. are much needed, right? Uh, if we don't have deacons, it's going to be really hard for the ministry of the word and prayer to kind of continue and to go forth in the church to make disciples. If we don't have uh, deacons that are understanding their role and then doing what they need to do. It's going to be really hard to do the disciples part, I think. Um, or even bring in new deacons, bring in new folks that want to serve and yeah. things like that. Um, any Anything else on deacons before we wrap this up? That's it. All right. We're going to move on. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, it is summertime. It is really hot uh, right now in July. I want to kind of do something a little bit different. I said, I told the guys, I said, hey, find a good news story mm. uh, that we can talk about uh, before we jump into the rest of the podcast. But good news stories. I don't care who goes first. Who wants to go first? Who's got the best story uh, out there? Ryan's got the mic. Oh, I, just because it was handed to me. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, it, it's really interesting when you gave me this assignment. Let's let you know. I, I said, what, what should I prepare for the podcast? Yeah. You were like, find a good news story. So I went online and literally every story was negative. Like it was yeah. bad news. It was 
about crime and, uh, you know, the, how politics are so awful and everything was bad. So I had to intentionally go search for positive stories. Yeah. I found one that happened July 6, 2022. Uh, a, a kid, uh, um, a teenager in Mississippi, um, saved three girls and a police officer after a vehicle sank in a river. So Whoa. this kid found this. Like Superman. I know it. Uh, he said, you know, the kid was, he's 16 year old. His name's Corian Evans. Um, he, he found this or saw, saw this car literally drive straight into the water and only a little bit of the car was still above the, the water. He just didn't think he just wow. acted yeah. and dove into the water and got these three girls and this cop out of there. And, uh, he says, I wasn't even thinking about anything else. Uh, his literal words were. I wasn't even thinking about nothing else, <laughs> so I just started to get him. He was. He said, "I can't let the. I can't let none of those folks die." Was, that's was what that's he said. awesome. I know it, and it's just like a hero. Like I mean, yeah. like you said, it's just a cool story about this kid uh, who went and saved four people. It was in Mississippi. I was proud Mississippi. M I S S I P P I. Hey, I'm gonna go next. Yeah, you are. There is a I I, I the the goodnewsnetwork.org is where I found this one. Nice. Um, virtual reality glass, kind of like an Oculus, right? Kind of like that VR stuff. Uh, there's a, I guess there's a new thing out there. I'll, I'll read the rest of the article, but it says virtual reality glasses displaying exercise gives similar effects to those who cannot move. So they're, they're I guess they're laying down, they're they're sitting or whatever. They got the Oculus on, they're looking at exercise, and I guess it triggers the brain, triggers muscles, things like wow. that. But they get similar benefits. Uh, of it, it says research has described how virtual training procedures acute cognitive and neural benefits, and so our medical medical technology is just advancing, I guess, and just the Oculus itself, um, or just VR itself, is just it. It fascinates me. I don't have one, um, but it's really cool. I've seen you know folks use those, but it's really cool that we can you know advance medically, not just play games, yeah. but we can use this stuff to actually you know help others. Are you thinking what I'm thinking now? That that we need an Oculus for the podcast? Uh, no, the youth ministry budget oh. <laughs> needs to. I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm not thinking what you're thinking. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. What's your good news story? Okay, I feel like these are like descending in. Oh, nice. <laughs> like levels What's wrong of serious. Like Ryan started off with like this kid saved somebody's life, <laughs> and you're like, man, this medical breakthrough. Mine's about a dog. Um, so for the first time ever in all of history, um, a bloodhound won the Westminster uh, Kennel Club Dog Show. I saw that. He yeah. beat out a French Bulldog, a German Shepherd, a Maltese, an English Setter, uh, and a Lakeland Terrier for the top prize. Um, and his name is Trumpet. I'm, I, I want to pause here, Noah. Yeah. We... <laughs> Ryan and I put a lot of effort into looking for a good news story. <laughs> and I feel like you just pulled the first thing off Google. And I want you to be honest. Was it the first thing you found or the second thing? It had the cutest picture. <laughs> from uh, being honest. No. Look but at that. Look at that dog. I want to ask a question. That's a, that's a nice thing. Trumpet. Yeah. Look, Google Trumpet. The, the, what was it called? The Bloodhound. Blood yeah. Yep. Why is it so hard to find good news in our culture today? Why do you think? Ryan kind of mentioned it a little bit. 
I Googled some, you know, good news stories and it wasn't a whole lot of good news. You had to actually find a website that's devoted to it. Um, even like your big news names, CNN, you know, MSNBC, they might have good news in there somewhere, but it's none of it's good news. Why do we think it's, why is it so hard to find good news in our culture? I am going to answer that. But before I do, I want to shout out to Jim Vermillion because in his, he's, he's another one of our deacons here at church life group member or leader. And um, in his life group, he intentionally, he and his wife, Karen, intentionally talk about praises. Yeah. Like they make a, a an intentionality out of it. And he's carrying that upstairs to worship. And uh, during our time of prayer, he, he is in, he's calling out, hey, let's let's praise. Let's praise God and talk about good things because. It's it's hard, and this you know to yeah. then follow up with the answer to your question. I think we are all our human nature, our broken design yeah. uh, is is you know in 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 misery <laughs> is in you know is is this this temporary existence finds some kind of meaning in our you know struggle, hmm. and we kind of are are programmed to maybe I don't know wired. Uh, certainly in our culture to you know rubberneck and look at the car wreck when we're yeah. driving you know why does why do the cars slow down to look at the car wrecks you know it's just it's a morbid curiosity kind of thing and it sells newspapers and sells oh, yeah. tv and 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 if that's what people want to buy that's what the media is going to offer um and so it's up to us i think to to change the the uh, the narrative you know we've got to look at positive things we've got to see you know this is the difference between joy and and happiness you're right you know we're we're happy when things are going our way but we're joyful always yeah and and i think we lose sight of that sometimes and and get hung up on the the negativity that is around us i like that yeah we got noah so my first thought um was kind of the sunday school answer when you asked right like <laughs> why is there so much bad news first thought in my mind was sin Obviously, right? Um, we can look at the news, read about the world around us, and we can see sin, right? Whether it's murder or theft or whatever it is, it's sin. Yeah, I think, um, I think, our, I mean, yeah, I mean, we sensationalize it, right? That's what our movies yeah. are about. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. But as Christians, we have to remember that uh, we have the ultimate good news, right? Like, it's not just a bloodhound winning a dog show, right? <laughs> it is way better than that. It is God um, sending his one and only son to live the life that we could not, to die the death that we deserve, and to uh, raise again so that we might be justified and made right with a um, holy God. Like, that is good news. Um, and that's what we have to be about, proclaiming, sharing, spreading, um, yeah, promoting, all of that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Psalms, right? Uh, if you go to the 90s, the 90s to like 100, so the end of the 90s or even beginning of the 90s, I'm going to show you the first line of each Psalm in the 90s, okay? Yeah. So 90 through 100. Does that make sense? Uh, and just, just the first line. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. That's 90. 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's 91. 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name, O Most High. 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. 94. O Lord, 
God of vengeance, a God of vengeance, shine forth. 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the Lord, the rock of our salvation. 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand, his holy arm, uh, have worked salvation for him. 99. The Lord reigns. Let his peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon uh, the cherubim. Let the earth quake. And then Psalm 100, make a joyful noise of the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Isn't that awesome? Like yeah. most of the Psalms point back to joyful singing, joyful worship. Let's go on. Fourth of July recap. We had a Fourth of July uh, parade here in Mount Eden. Then we also did a recap. Uh, we did a recap. We did a a free food, like a cookout, a car show, that kind yeah. of thing. I thought it was awesome. We had, I think we had double the amount of people we had last year. It was awesome. Um, it was really cool to see a lot of folks that I haven't seen, you know, in a while. Even folks that we prayed for showed up and, and was able to be a part of it. It's pretty awesome. Got anything to add to that recap real quick before we kind of keep going? No, it was really great. Uh, for the car meet, we only had one one car registered. Is that right? Yeah, one registered the night before. Uh, and we were anxious about that yeah. just as a leadership team. Um, and then day of like what, 15, maybe pretty close. Yeah. 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 Somewhere around 15 cars showed up. Um, so God was faithful. Um, and we got the chance to love on our community. Yeah. One of the things is should a Christian celebrate, right? Uh, 4th of July, there's a lot of things like that. Uh, Ryan's found a really cool quote from the second president of the United States, John Adams. What does he say about this? All right. So, um, on July 1st, 1776, at the Continental Congress in Philadelphia, all of the guys, representatives from all the 13 colonies, were hanging out talking about, should we declare independence? Should we do this? Should we, yes or no? The That night, the British sent ships, and everybody was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> and so uh, the next day, July 2nd, delegates from 12 of the colonies said, yes. We're going to declare independence. A couple of days later, New York followed suit. So all 13 said, we're going to declare independence. And on that day, on July 2nd, John Adams wrote a letter to his wife. And in it, he said, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable. And I guess his wife's name was Epaka. Yeah. Epasha, Epasha. In the history of America, I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. Yeah. Talking about the fact that we declared independence and it shifted from July 2nd to July 4th. And the second president, as you said, said we ought to be doing bonfires and illuminations every year. Yeah, I found uh, the same quote, um, but there was, I guess there's some, did, did you say, did you read as the day of deliverance? No. So I, I, th I found the same quote, but I, it went a little bit further. It says it ought to be commemorated, comma, as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty, period. And then it ought to be all solemnized by pomp and parade. So yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's a legit piece. No, yeah. no here, uh, yours is probably right. The quote I was reading from has an it, ellipses. Oh. What, what do we call this? No, yeah. what is that? 
the three dots. dots. The, the dot, dot. They the, took it out. Yeah. They, they took out, out this, this statement. I think this is poignant. I think so, too. As the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. That's amazing. Yeah. That, and I'm reading this from history.com. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, man. And it's been edited. Hey, history.com. Why you got to edit? Yeah. Why you got to take out that cool man, part? That's the best part. It really is. <laughs> uh, but Fourth of July, awesome. Christians can celebrate the Fourth of July. Uh, they should celebrate it. It's right to celebrate. God has given you the freedom to live in the United States. You know, we want to add anything before we jump in? No. Somehow. Um, there is, we're going to kind of wrap up this way. There has been another email. Sweet. A listener provided email. Uh, you and I talked about the two last two emails. We neglected to vote on the winner of the email and who gets the free book. My vote is none other than Ryan Allen because he's sitting right here with us. <laughs> I, I think so. That yeah. would cut the cost of shipping the yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, that's your book. Uh, but here's the third email ever. Wow. Local church podcast, third email ever. Here it goes. Hey, guys. Listen to the podcast for the first time and really enjoyed it. So glad to know our church is doing it. For what it's worth, if you could put the crust of French toast on a waffle and the chew of the waffle inside the French toast, that would be perfect. What? I'll read that again. <laughs> if you could take the crust of the French toast, so the crust of the bread... And put it on the waffle, and but then the chew part of the waffle, the middle of the waffle, inside the French toast, that would be perfect. And she goes on, as far as words of wisdom, I say bake something. When I'm studying, researching, or trying to write out something meaningful or some meaningful thoughts, if I have something baking, I tend to concentrate more. Looking forward wow. to the next episode, Tatum. Uh, so take the crust off French toast. Wrap it around waffles is what I'm assuming, but then take the middle of the waffle and put it inside of a French toast. There's a. Could I'm, you make French toast with a waffle? I think you like should. I think you gonna, should. Is that going to be a thing? I don't know how it's going to be a thing on the Can podcast. We try it live but on the next, we're going to get like sure. a little. I don't know George Foreman or something <laughs> in here. Uh, words of wisdom. What do you got? What say oh, you, uh, Ryan? You can go first because you're the guest. Words of wisdom. Read. Actually, I did. I thought about it. The last time I was on here, I, I recommended getting your uh, finishing the project you start because it was yeah. on my heart yeah. and on yeah. my mind. Because I didn't paint my shelves. <laughs> I'm still looking at a wall <laughs> that is not painted. It's going to get shelves. Yeah. Um, and and and. But I think I think this is this is my new words of wisdom. When you commit to um, exercising, Ooh. as I have done in the past week. Um, and you overdo it, as I have done in the past couple weeks. When the shin splints happen, Ooh. you gotta you gotta hear you gotta listen to your body, right? <laughs> so I was laying in bed last night with ice packs on my legs, and I was reading online that said, you know, okay, you've overdone it. You need to chill for a minute. So I, I think my new plan is to go get my. I, I do have an Oculus. Yes. And I'm going to put on some workout videos. That's, I think it's a key. <laughs> and yeah, and then just stop with the working out altogether. I, I think so that's key. <laughs> I like it. That's great. I have words of wisdom following that up. And okay. I actually learned this from my uncle, who is also one of our deacons here at Mount Um, Whenever he overdoes it, right? The other day, he helped me move. He overdid it then. His go-to remedy, pickle juice. Drinking pickle juice. He drinks pickle juice. And it helps his body, I don't know, recalibrate or something. Pickle juice. My dad suffers from um, leg cramps. And 
and has a gigantic jar of pickle juice in his refrigerator. I just coughed in my mouth. I know. I don't know that I can and do that. And he drinks yeah. it and and swears by it. I tried it once <laughs> just to like humor my uncle, and it was I. No, I can do some fried pickles if that if that helps after a workout. I'm down. My, my words of wisdom are this: find three people that you can text and bounce ideas off of, and even confess when you eat ketchup when you're not supposed to eat anything with sugar but find three people that you can talk to uh because it's it's worth it it'll bless you and it, it just it's just good uh but always remember love god love people make disciples Woo!